Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and uh, today you're going to take um, a different kind of drive with me. Uh, typically, I'm on the beach road cruising around. Today, I'm going to be on I-95 in South Florida, heading south. Uh, so this should be fun. Um, this is the opportunity I have to record this, so we're taking it. Um, also. Um, at sunscreen on my face. I have not suddenly developed uh, a glowing, shiny head and face. Um, <clears throat> so today, what we're going to be talking about... Uh, let's see, you're going to get to drive with me in an area of the world where it's a little silly. Um, okay. So today, what we're going to talk about... Um, I just kind of wanted to uh, brainstorm about where I've been wrong um, about stuff. Because the way I see this is that... Uh, I'll get into that. Anyway, if you want to continue to support uh, my effort here, you could do that at theinfinitesparkofbean.com. You can buy t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies. The books are there. Uh, there's also Patreon, Venmo, PayPal. If you'd like to join or subscribe to Patreon, uh, there is a $1 tier, a $5 tier, and there's also a $10 tier. Uh, that $10 tier gives you access to um, the first Wednesday of every month gathering online through Google Meet. Um, we meet at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, actually, tonight we'll be doing one. Uh, tonight, not that it will matter because you know, by the time this comes out, it'll be done. But um, like for instance, tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to do meditation. I'm going to teach shamatha. Uh, we're going to discuss the method, and I'm going to give you some explanations around meditation, why it's important. Uh, pardon my squinting. I don't want to put my sunglasses on while I'm doing this. I feel like that would be really dismissive and strange if I did a podcast with sunglasses on. Um, just be a little bit of driving into the sun here. So... Um, yeah, also, if you go to the About page on the website, you'll find my one sheet. If you're interested in having me come and speak somewhere, uh, I do that. Um, we can discuss what that looks like. Um, also, if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one time with me, go ahead and reach out, and we can schedule that as well um, to do maybe some thought transformation and restructuring. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is it for that. Okay, so where I've been wrong. Um, you know, I see this, the infinite spark of being started off as this blog in 2010 where I was um, kind of documenting and sharing my experiences, things that I found inspirational, things I found helpful, um, and just some of my experiences. And then, you know, you know, as we have a blog, you delete all the posts, you start over. And da -da -da. But um, it was an old Tumblr blog. Um, I tried to maintain it and link, like do kind of have it mirror my Instagram. So if you find it, it's a lot of old Instagram posts. Um, but the point of it was to share my experience with people. I imagined that, uh, you know, when I started the blog, there was some young person out there that, um, you know, uh, felt disconnected, 
not at home, uh, whether it was in their own body, whether it was on in the state or the town or the religion they were brought up in, you know, and I definitely felt that way. Um, I would say it's taken me, it took me years to finally kind of settle into being Keith. You know, um, like I've said before, I think that the first uh, part of our spiritual journey is we are trying to tame the world and change ourselves. You know, it's like if I do all these things, you know, the world will act right and and everyone will treat me right. And then I'll have a better experience um, of being a person. Sorry, I'm going to have to pull this down a little bit just for a minute. Um, so, you know, um, that's why I started it. And I know maybe at times I, you know, there are things that I know and it's more just like belief, right? Like we've talked about belief where it's not that it's objectively true. A belief, beliefs aren't objectively true, but they are, um, non-quantifiable thought exercises, right? Where, um, it's kind of a, um, it's a way of changing your thinking in order to have a different experience. And I definitely experienced that, you know, that when I started to, uh, for instance, when I, um, first started chanting the Maha Mantra and, you know, made Krishna a focus in my life that I, um, started to think about Krishna, God, a lot. I saw the world through, uh, that bhakti yoga lens, bhakti meaning devotional. Uh, so bhakti means devotional yoga, any, uh, path where we are engaged in, uh, worship or praise of a higher power or whatever is, uh, that's bhakti yoga, yoga, you know, obviously, you know, what yoga means anyway. Um, so a lot of it was like, and I noticed that in doing that, it changed the way I thought and it, I carry it with me to this day. Uh, then, you know, a decade of that and then a, a decade of Buddhism, um, you know, never letting go of Krishna. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, it changes the way you think. And, um, that's really all we're doing is we are trying to change the way the mind uh, takes in reality, which then alters the way we experience things, you know. Um, and that's what spirituality is. That's what magic and, and ritual and the occult and that's what politics is. I mean, politics is just adopting a set of beliefs that, you know, that, that prop up your worldview so that you feel safe and you feel protected by daddy. That's politics, right? Is that daddy's home and, and, you know, and that wobbly, shaky old man on TV is going to, you know, fix your problems. Or maybe that rotund, finger-licking southern gentleman or gentleman from New Jersey is going to make it so that you make more money in a year, you know, because the problem is taxes. Anyway, I digress. Um, 
so through this, I've, I've changed a lot, you know, um, and I would say in the last month, two months, I've engaged in things that, um, you know, little practices that have been very impactful. Um, and one of those things that I, um, see my first horn honk of the, of the drive. There you go. You got to pick a lane, bud. Um, there you go, scooter. So prayer is something that always eluded me, um, to understand what prayer is. Um, to me, it was always this. You enter into this transactional relationship with your higher power where it's like, I'll, will you please give me this thing and I'll do these things if you give me this thing. Um, but a few things I've uh, paid attention to lately have kind of, it's an interesting point, right? I was always told that mantra was prayer. Mantra recitation is prayer when you do it prayerfully, which I never, that kind of just, what the fuck does that even mean? And then, so you have the word mantra, meaning mind protection, mind's tool that you're training the mind to think of only this thing. And then the word affirmation comes in because you're talking about manifestation and, and attracting things into your life. And I don't think that it's a matter of attracting. I think it's a matter of training the mind to see those things, right? Like when you're reciting you know, the names of God, you are doing that to call God into your life, right? So uh, there's going to be a lot of digression here. I'm going to try to make sense about this. But so constantly chanting the Maha Mantra, um, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And like the next thing you know, you're thinking of God a lot. You're looking at the world through this lens as a bhakti yogi and then it's like man I I mantraed so much that that God is in my life like you called it into being well I don't think that you called God into your life I think that the mind is now directed towards God right because it says in the Bhagavad Gita what Krishna tells Arjuna that you were all my part and parcels indicating that we are all part of God, uh, when he says, the wise understand me to be their own divine self, and then there is the discussion of the super soul, that piece of God that lives within each living being, and then when Krishna says, and I always butcher this, if you put your thoughts on me and you think only of me, I will arise within you. Well, that's interesting, because what that means is that if we focus on God and think of God, God arises within us. I take that to mean that if I chant and I'm thinking only of God, well then I see God. I notice God more. That's very interesting. That is, so am I calling it or am I just now noticing it more because I'm chanting, I'm thinking of it more, I'm, right? So am I turning on that thing within me that is God, that is Krishna? That piece of me that is inextricably connected to that thing, 
am I now just noticing it more? Because it's, it's here all the times. We talk about God being omnipresent. Well, if God, source, whatever word language you're using, is omnipresent, then where does it, then it doesn't stop and start anywhere. I'll, just, I'll save you the time. So the mantra recitation is reminding the mind, reminding the nervous system that it is inextricably connected to God, which is the duty of the incarnation, right? Whether it's uh, Christian Gnosticism, Kabbalah, um, Hinduism, Buddhism, it's this idea that the human needs to remember its identity as a soul and then it's the ident- then it's the duty of the soul to recognize its own identity as god so that is not calling on something or bringing something to you or attracting god or favor to you it's literally remembering that you are it so there's your mantra affirmations by reciting affirmations every day Those are mantras. That's mantra. You are protecting the mind against anything that is not that. So if your normal way of viewing the world is through a lens of lack and want and need, and then you begin reciting affirmations that imply that you already have it and that you don't live in lack and that you don't live in need, well, then that means that you are just training the mind to look for the abundance and the wealth that you already have. And it only increases from there. Because you are that thing which generates this, that you are not separate from the universe, that you are not separate from God. You are not separate from the wellspring, fountainhead, source, whatever you want to call it, that all of this is spinning out of, springing out of. So mantra recitation, reciting affirmations, that's prayer, because what is prayer? Prayer is like what we commonly think of, well, I'm going to pray for this thing, I'm going to ask God for it. What was brought to my attention, uh, I was listening to this audiobook, very good. Um, but the woman who wrote it said, it pointed out, like I'd heard other people point this out, that the Lord's prayer isn't asking, it's telling. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me that. That's mine. This is my daily bread. You're going to give it to me. And that sounds weird for some of you, I'm sure. And I understand why it does, because I was raised in the same culture you were. We never think about that. You know? Which is part of my problem with something like the serenity prayer. God grant me. You already have it. You know what you can change and what you can't change. You know damn good and well. Right? It's like when people, some of you have heard the story I've told about somebody that once was telling me that they're praying for guidance. Like they didn't know they weren't supposed to smoke crack in a hospital bed with their ex-boyfriend. Right? No, you knew. Those of you out there that are engaged in really dumb behavior, you fucking know you're not supposed to be doing that. We always know what we're supposed to do. Right? We take the path of least resistance, which is usually the dumb thing that we do all the time. So, prayer becomes 
not asking, but telling the universe what you have. And the reason we have to, and this goes back, you know, um, a friend of mine uh, was asking which episode last night, she was asking me which episode was it that I did the journaling thing and the, the magical journal, which I believe was the chaos magic um, episode. And all chaos magic is, all karma is, is cognitive behavioral therapy. I hate to, uh, you know, upset the clinically minded or the magically minded right? But that's what it is, is that you act as if. And when you act as if the mind goes, oh, this is how it is. So it begins to present the world to you in that way. Right? So prayer becomes telling the universe, not what you want, but what you have, because the things that you're trying to call into your life, your mind might not see the possibilities of acquisition your mind not be able to see the pattern that is kind of laid out in front of you that says hey you can you know do this and this right the mind doesn't see it and it shouldn't see it because you don't have the you don't have a habit of looking for those possibilities and looking for those things you know um we're approaching our first wreck of the of the drive here um in Broward County, um, folks cannot help but crash their cars into each other. And it's funny because, you know, I've lived other places and I've noticed that, um, I mean, I live in Palm Beach County and it's, it's not this, but, but you get to Broward and it's like, these motherfuckers can't not, you know, they can't not just take a hard swing of that wheel. Um... (laughs) You know, what I think about a lot of times is um, I'm in traffic. You'll all know exactly what I mean. You'll see like people in motorcycles or people in like souped up cars driving crazy. And all I can think of is this what you do for a living? Like day in, day out, like you believe this is the thing you're best at and you're willing to roll the dice with this. It's like, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, this isn't the thing you're really going to excel at. And eventually you're just going to like eat shit in this motorcycle or car, whatever it is. Um, anyway, so prayer, because remember the mind works on a delay and we have to begin training the mind to see these things, right? It's like when you first begin chanting, it's like, like I remember just wanting, um, you know, here I'll tell you, if there's, a, there's a song by Ravi Shankar called Prabhuji. Look for Prabhuji, listen to it in Sanskrit or Hindi, I believe it's in Hindi or I don't know. But then I want you to look up the lyrics in English. Like, what is it in English? That's where I was. In fact, I remember first hearing that song and it, it, I cried. And I didn't even know what it said at first, but I felt whatever it was he was trying to convey, I felt it. I just felt it. And, and, and then when I looked up the, what, the, you know, what, it, what it meant, it was exactly what I, what I felt. So I'm in this place where I'm just calling onto something, like something, someone, somewhere, God, anything. Just help me. You know, I don't have a guru. I don't have, like, I have nothing. 
like I was in this like it's that dark night of the soul thing that we will all revisit several times in, in this lifetime and then I began uh, like I had a I had chanted before but it wasn't with the sincerity of this one day and I dedicated myself to that practice I, I dabbled you know and spent time at the Christian temple and like whatever, but it wasn't sincere. And so then I started and that out of that thing, like I just, I just need this. I just need it. I just need some relief. And then doing it and like making, so I didn't have a habit of thinking of God. I didn't have a habit really of thinking of Krishna as much. And then the next thing you know, I'm thinking of it and I'm seeing it everywhere and I'm feeling it and that presence. I remember doing japa and walking through the woods and just chanting for so long that you just start to cry. You know, that you just start to, something is just kind of, that's what's interesting about these practices, right? There's that saying in Zen Buddhism that a leaf falling at the right moment wakes you up. Last night I had a very emotional evening with uh, my girlfriend and I went to a yin class and we did yin. It was very, oh my God, I was fighting with my body the whole time. Just fighting with it. Fighting and fighting. I I do love my body. I love the vehicle very much. I, I try to take care of it. And then at the end, we all set up, and she said something about being grateful to your body, and I just started crying. And I do love him very much. He's, you know, been so good. And then we stayed for uh, this, they call it a meditation. I think it's just, it's fun. It's wild. This guy that starts playing all these crazy instruments, playing this recording, just starts talking. And he has this way of talking. His name's Hawk. And he's like, call on your mama. Call on your daddy. And there's something about that that like, got me. I'm just laying there on my back on this blanket crying. It's like, wow. Something about this stuff that opens up pieces of us at the right moment, at the right time. And he's like, call her name. And I just kept calling my mom. That always, that kind of, that language always gets me. Like when I did the Padmasambhava empowerment and in the literature it says, Padmasambhava, our Guru Rinpoche says, when you call on me, I will come to you like a mother to a crying baby. Oh. I felt that because I think part of my karma is I just want to feel supported in the world and I've just never felt it. I do right now for the first time in my life I feel supported and I hope it's coming through <laughs> that I feel supported and, and it's wild but um, prayer becomes telling the universe what it's going to give you and then speaking as if and, and it's interesting because in the Bible it even talks about that and as somebody who was raised in a Christian 
way. Those verses were never explained to me that way. You know? It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, But what I've been doing, so we'll get to... So, this prayer thing that I always kind of poo-pooed, my thing was always meditate, mantra, shut up. (laughs) You know? Um, As I think back... And I've told this story before to asking my teacher, you know, saying, hey, do we pray? And he was like, what do you, what do you want to pray for? And I was like, strength. And he said, is that what you want? You want to be stronger? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, how do you get stronger? And I said, well, you lift, like if you're in a gym, you lift heavier and heavier things. He was like, is that what you want? You want God to give you heavier and heavier things? You know, and, and that was interesting because... I'm, I'm asking, so in that mindset of prayer, of being like, dear God, give me strength. I am implying, I'm actually telling God, I'm telling the universe and I'm telling myself that I do not have strength. That's interesting. So when you talk about giving thanks, thank you for the strength that I have. But I don't feel strong. Well, you're not going to feel strong if you keep saying, give me strength. Because language being a cognitive faculty of the mind, the mind being the subtle body, the subtle body being what the soul is taken from birth to birth, that is giving you your experience of this human incarnation. You are literally telling the subtle body, you are telling your curriculum, curriculum, you are telling everything that you are not strong. Right? Thank you for the strength. Thank you for the patience. Thank you for all of these opportunities. Thank you for this abundant life that I live. So, what I've been doing is reciting affirmations. And I I did that episode where I mentioned that my girlfriend told me that I had a lot of limiting beliefs. Christy, that's her name. And Christy shared a note with me on her phone that was affirmations. She's like, this is where I think your limiting beliefs are. And so I start reciting these informations. I added some of my own. And just started training my mind to look for those things. And I can't tell you the value in having someone that can look at you and point your stuff up like, hey, like... And they're not pointing it out to be mean. They're going, look, you're better than this. Right? Like, they write, they, like, she tells me this because she's like, dude, I, you know, she thinks that I'm, she's like, you don't even see how powerful you are. And I was like, you're right, I don't. There's something in me that knows, but then there's something in me that's scared. You know? And... So that's where I've changed my views on prayer. What is prayer? You know, so that young lady telling me like, oh, I'm praying for guidance. Dear God, give me guidance. Tell me what to do. But yet she, you know, knew damn good and well not to smoke crack in a hospital bed with her ex-boyfriend. So... So she's telling her mind that she doesn't know what to do. And then when the mind says, hey, don't smoke crack, 
in the in the in the hospital bed with your ex-boyfriend like the urge not to do it just seems like her mind doesn't even see it you know anyway that's where I'm at um, I don't know what this sounded like as I'm on the highway and I don't know how loud it is but I'm gonna stop there so start being grateful for the things that you want and speak as if they're already there so that the mind which is holy and divine and very spiritual in nature so the mind begins to see that it's already there and that the opportunity is already there and that's it okay I love you and instead of saying I hope this was helpful I know this was helpful how about that I know you got something out of this. All right. You reminded me, and I'm reminding you, and I love you. Bye. Oh, go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. Check out all the stuff. Uh, check out Patreon, the store, all that. If you want to book some time with me, check out the one sheet on the About button. Contact me, email, yada, yada, DM me. You got it. I love you. Bye. Bye.